you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky together today. Rhett is, uh, Buck, he's having some uh, some issues with the uh, power at his house. So no Rhett today, which is a good thing because he smoked us in the rookie draft this last week. Oh, he did. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. that's not good. At least we don't have to hear him gloat. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that ended up being a blessing. Hopefully everything's okay at the house. Uh, and we'll get to the, we're going to have a rookie draft again. He's given his board uh to our producer drew so we're going to still have our rookie draft for this next week we'll give him his flowers but we don't need to spend too much time on that uh in just a little bit Uh, as we get things started right now buck it's time for the monday night recap in a game that was ah i would say you know pretty ugly at least from the raiders side of things but let's start positively let's start with the detroit lions coming off a tough loss against the ravens they bounce back in a big way 26 to 14 is the final uh looked like they kind of righted the ship in detroit yeah, they absolutely right to the ship. Played well on both sides of the ball. Um, really impressed with what they were able to do offensively. Jameer Gibbs stepped up, uh, replacing David Montgomery. He's beginning to kind of come into his own as one of those featured playmakers on offense. And then Jerry Goff and Amar St. Brown, we're beginning to see that connection with Jameson Williams and Sam Laporta. Offensively, man, they have everything that you could wish for as an offensive coordinator, big physical offensive line. And whenever this game got tight, they were able to take it over. The one thing to me that stands out about the Lions is their resilience, their toughness, their grittiness. Man, that comes through in everything that they do. This is a really, really good team, a well-constructed team. Yeah, no, they're physical. I mean, you could see some of the replays of just the push that their offensive line was getting, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, They were just kind of mauling people at the point of attack with their offensive line. Then on the defensive front, now they've got got an underrated player there. When you go and and watch the tape and and going through it this morning, uh, Aleem McNeil had a couple sacks in this game, but he is excellent with his hands. He's quick. 
You know, he's coming out of uh, NC State, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, was kind of more of yeah, a was, you know, more pocket push. Yeah, but now Buck, he's getting he's getting on some of those edges inside, and uh, he's you know he's winning in one on one pass rush, and he's doing it with outstanding hands, which tells me a couple things. Number one, he's skilled. Number two, he's well coached. They're doing a nice job of continuing to develop him. Even further on, Elie McNeil, he played at my rival high school. He played at Sanderson High School. How about I want you to imagine that big guy playing left field on the baseball team because that's what he did. He played in the outfield. <laughs> and so when you talk about his athleticism and his hand usage and all that, um, it's, it's, it's not a coincidence. This is a talented player. And Aiden Hutchinson, Aline McNeil, uh, all their guys, the one thing that is a common denominator with their guys, they have really gone all in on high motor guys. They play hard. They're physical. They run to the ball. Aaron Glenn has done a really good job of really taking this defense and changing it. They went from a team that was all man-to-man a year ago, high pressure to then backing off and playing zone. Well, against the Raiders, he reintroduced some of that blitz, some of that aggressiveness they came after, and they really knocked the Raiders around. Yeah, by the way, on a side note, uh, I'm sure you saw uh, Dave Doran with his comments about Steve Smith, our buddy Steve Smith, when Steve just, it was a throwaway line. Yeah. I thought it was pretty harmless when he said NC State was a basketball school. That was not well received. So I'm curious, as somebody who went to Carolina, who I'm sure your entire life have heard that Carolina is a basketball school, as a football player at a quote-unquote basketball school, did that bother you guys at all? I mean, it can't bother you if you go to North Carolina and the basketball team is putting up banners. But <laughs> it is one of those things that is, is, is it's annoying. You always want... Uh, to be viewed in the same light. So I understand Doring. But Doring is always kind of edgy when it comes to those things. Steve Smith kind of gave him something that he was looking for. He gave him a little bulletin board material to take to his team and kind of energize them as they were getting ready for Clemson last weekend. That was pretty entertaining. Um, All right, we've done the positives here. The Lions, again, the rookies, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, doing great on offense. The offensive line dominated. The defensive front took over the game. Uh, So lots of good from the Lions side of things. The Raiders... Uh, not so much. And I want to start right here. Let's go. I believe we have some sound from after the game from Devontae Adams. Let's hear that and uh, we'll react to it. I honestly, I, I don't know what to say at this moment. I, I truly don't. I wish I had the, the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context. So I'm going to just, uh, I truly, I just don't know. What are you feeling right now? Can you elaborate on anything going through your mind? Frustration, but I mean, that's that kind of goes without saying. I thought it was actually a very mature and tame response to to our Bridget Condon's questions there, Buck. I, to me, he showed restraint because anybody has a right to be frustrated. It's this guy, especially coming off that game. He could have like a 200 yard receiving day uh, just on the two balls that were grossly missed on home run balls. I mean, huge, huge plays, uh, and it's just. It's not close. I'm talking about the two deep shots where he is free and in the clear, and that ball is nowhere to be found. Yeah, now, if you're Devontae Adams, this is not what you signed up for when you made the the, the trade request to come to the Raiders. You thought you would be a featured player and someone that they would be able to build game plans around. And for whatever reason, Josh McDaniels has not been able to get Devontae Adams unlocked. And to me, when you look at their team, it has to be Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs as the focal points. And I don't care whatever order, if he's number one or Josh Jacobs number one, those guys have to touch the ball. And for whatever reason, they're not getting it done. Some of that may be user error in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo not being able to push it outside. But if I'm a guy who has been an all-pro player, a guy who is really viewed as wide receiver one in the National Football League, to, to go an entire half without getting the ball and those things, 
the frustration sets in. And to continue to lose games when you haven't been a big part of the offensive puzzle, yeah, the frustration, I'm sure, is kind of boiling over. And at some point, Josh McDaniels has to make a change. They had a team meeting last week. I don't know what's after the team meeting because once you have the team meeting and you air it out, there's nothing else that can be done. This is situation critical in Las Vegas. This is a team that is trending in the wrong direction. One of the double moves, they'll stutter go. That's a 60-yard touchdown. Buck, he's 10 yards in the clear. They targeted him seven times, and they tried to get him the football. A quarterback can't get it there. So at what point in time do we just say, this is, this is not, not going to work? You know, We were excited about Jimmy Garoppolo reuniting with Josh McDaniels. He's not good enough. When the sacks taken and the completion numbers are indistinguishable, Buck, that's a problem. When you've got 10 completions and you're taking 10 and six sacks and you're missing layup home run balls and you're throwing interceptions, turn the ball over. Like, I, what are we doing? Let's let's get a chance to let's look at Aiden O'Connell, see what he can do, and let's go forward with a young guy and at least have some hope for the future. Uh, it, it's it's been uh, it's been underneath the surface for Devontae Adams. I know he slammed the helmet, but I thought he was reserved in his comments after the game. I can't imagine he's going to stay reserved. This is a guy who signed up to go play with his best friend, his college buddy, Derek Carr, and had visions of you know catching a zillion balls and putting up big numbers and winning games. And why they're 3-5 and five and they've been you know somewhat competitive, the quarterback plays terrible. So, I mean, I don't know. It, to me, it feels like you've got to you've got to go in another direction. I know you gave Jimmy a little money. I know you committed to him, but this is just he's not good enough. I don't know how else to say it. No, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been what uh, everyone thought. We thought he would jump in, pick up the system, and go. And even though it's been a while since he's played for Josh McDaniels in that system, we thought that it would be a, a smoother transition, and it hasn't worked. And this team, I don't want to say they're, they're. I mean, they are wasting games because this team is good enough to play much better. Their record could be and should be flipped. They should be a 5-3 and three team, maybe even a 6-2 and two team, but they have not taken advantage of the opportunities that are there. And at some point, uh, we can talk about the quarterback, but, but the guys are going to look at the head coach and they're looking at him to yeah. solve the problems. And if he doesn't have any answers, man, Mark Davis is going to have to make a, a really difficult decision whether to keep Josh McDaniels and continue to go down this road or to maybe go somewhere else. But I don't know. They had Gruden. Now they had Josh McDaniels. I don't know what this looks like, but it doesn't look like it needs to look for the Raiders to be a, a, a playoff contender year after year. Yeah, obviously it was kind of an ugly end there, uh, goes without saying, uh, to the end of the Gruden era. But that was a team that was a playoff team, was kind of trending in the right direction. They were offense, you know, an offense that was fun to watch and, and kind of uh, – you could envision this working for, you know, going in the future for a period of time. And now it's like, man, this is it's hard to get first downs right now uh, for this team. When you have an offensive head coach, that's not a good look um, is kind of what I'm getting at there. Uh, all right. For the first time ever, uh, the NFL kicks off in Frankfurt, Germany with Sunday morning football exclusively on NFL Network. It is a must-see AFC showdown as the Dolphins take on the Chiefs. Rise, shine, and watch. On Sunday, November 5th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Plus. How about that matchup? That is going to be an awesome game there uh, from Frankfurt, Germany. And today we're going to use a little bit of a trade deadline theme here, Buck. We've got a couple trades as we're recording this uh, that have already taken place. And let's get to those. Let's start, first of all, Leonard Williams. That came down yesterday. He is traded from the Giants. Uh, he goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Just your thoughts on the, on the move for both teams and, and what that means for their defense. 
Well, one, Pete Carroll, looking back uh, at his time at, at USC and taking a USC uh, legend in Leonard Williams, even though he didn't necessarily coach him, he understands who he is and what he was about and what he means uh, to the university. And so he, he takes a player who has had a level of success in the National Football League, but needs a fresh start. You put him in this defense, a guy who can play inside and give you sack production, uh, high effort guy. He just kind of needs to be put in the right situation where he can get home and make some disruptive plays. Well, now he's going to have that. And so I like that. I like what the Seattle Seahawks have done the last couple of weeks. You talk about him bringing over Frank Clark, what they're trying to do to kind of revamp this defensive front. Pete Carroll wants to get back to playing the way they played during the Legion of Booms heyday. And the only way you can do that, you got to have lots of bodies up front, lots of bodies that can take over the game, much like they did in the early 2010s. Yeah, I, I know. Look, in the passing league, I think a lot of people, you look at a defensive lineman tran transaction, you see the, the compensation there with a two and a five. That's not, not cheap. Uh, and Leonard Williams, to me, though, it's what he's going to be able to do to get you to those pass rush downs. It's being stout at the point of attack. Pete Carroll has always valued that. He's always understood you know, having some bigs up front to be able to stop the run and then be able to cut your edge loose against the pass and, and play kind of that fearless uh, roll-off-the-ball style. So I think he fits stylistically. This is a defensive front that lost another Trojan uh, in Chenanuoso to injury. So you, you replace a Trojan with the Trojan. Obviously different positions, but you just add him to that defensive front. Frank Clark comes in there as well. Um, it also signals to me that this is a Seahawks team that sees this division buck is one that everybody assumed mm -hmm. the 49ers would run away with. They, they see this division as winnable and they're positioned perfectly right now. Yeah, they are positioned perfectly. This is a team that has a lot of confidence and Pete Carroll kind of understands what it is when it comes to this rivalry that they have with the 49ers. We talked about the arms race that is in the NFC and the arms race that we've talked about is the Philadelphia Eagles looking out West and seeing what the Niners are doing and them competing back and forth. Well, the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle Seahawks are looking down at the Niners saying, hey, don't sleep on us. We're going to add some, some weapons uh, <laughs> to the arsenal that will give us an opportunity to maybe quietly steal the division and put us in a situation where we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Philadelphia Eagles. I like the moves. I like the aggressiveness. Uh, DJ, we've talked about it. Uh, I, I think there should be more trades in the National Football League. I love that John Snyder and company, those guys are willing to kind of think outside the box and add pieces to the team building puzzle that gives them a chance to really compete at the highest level. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, no warning, and I know you love it when I do this. Um, if you have got to win a game tomorrow and you've got your choice of Geno Smith or Brock Purdy, who are you taking tomorrow? Games tomorrow. Uh, games tomorrow. Look, I'm still going to lean towards Brock Purdy because of the supporting cast and those things. I like Geno and those things. I'm still not all the way off the Brock Purdy bus, but it's getting close. It's getting tight. He's coming back to me. So I'm still going to rock with Brock Purdy in the Niners. Yeah, I I, I would too. I, I would stick with Brock Purdy. I know this is the, like recency bias. You could say, oh, I don't know. He hasn't looked great lately. I would still, you know, I would still lean in that direction. I think the 49ers still end up winning this division. But man, the Seahawks are, uh, they're right there at the top. And, uh, and they seize this opportunity to try and add to their ball club and uh, see if that can push them all the way over the top. All right, another move that just went down. Montez Sweat. Talks a lot about him being on the trade block, and he's been traded. He's gone. He goes to the Chicago Bears, a team that I just saw, Buck. I just talked about this yesterday, about how uh, talent-challenged, let's use that phrase, this Bears team mm -hmm. is, especially on the defensive line. They just not. There's nobody you worry about there. So the cost, though, is what I want to get to. It's a second-round pick. Montez Sweat's never had double-digit sacks. Came into the league in 2019. 
Um, you know, you look at the sack total numbers, and I know there's more to it than just sacks, but seven, nine, five, eight, six and a half. Um, a, do you like the trade for the uh, for the Bears? And B, was it was it too much that they gave up? No, it's not too much because we talked about a team that doesn't have any talent. You said they saw it uh, on Sunday night. You, yeah. They don't have enough up front to do what Matt Eberflus wants to do. And so to get a player who was a first-round pick, a high-motor player, a guy who by all accounts has been really, really good uh, in the locker room, a solid teammate, yeah, they need to do that. You want to see the production. And I will say this because we say it with wide receivers and other things. It's hard to project a number two to be a number one at any position. So I would not expect Montez Sweat to be the point on the sword when it comes to their pass rush. But he gives them someone who can get to the quarterback when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, maybe he will be unleashed, and maybe he'll play in a better role. This is when Matt Eberflus needed somebody, but they're going to need some other people along that, uh, that defensive front to eventually play the style that they want to play under him. All right, I'm going to do a little exercise uh, with you here because if it, if it uh, ended today, the season ended today, that pick would be the 35th pick. Um, so... I pulled up the edge rushers that were drafted over the last few years. So I'm going to give you guys that were picked in that neighborhood, okay? Just to give you a sense of who, you know, maybe the opportunity you gave up. Here, here's who the guys are. Uh, 31st mm-hmm. pick this year was Felix Enedike Uzama with the Chiefs. Uh, you go to the 40th pick was Isaiah Foskey uh, out of Notre Dame. He goes to the Saints. You go back the year before that, the 30th pick was Karloftis. The 46th pick was Josh Paschal. 2021. Uh, uh, Rousseau was the 30th pick. 2020, um, uh, Yatir Gross Matos was the 38th pick. So you see what I'm getting? Mm. You're not seeing anybody on that list that you're like, whoa, like that, man, we missed out on one here. Some solid players in there. But I I think that when you look at what's going to be available with that pick, I think Montez Sweat is an established player, even though you got to pay him uh, uh, going into the future here, probably tag him if you don't get him done, but then get a long-term deal done. I understand it. I, I would say I don't love it, Buck, but I, I understand it. I don't think it was a, a bad move. Yeah, I understand it. And also, like, we haven't necessarily looked all the way ahead to the next year's draft class to kind of be able to assess uh, what Montez Sweat looks like against some of the top second-round uh, prospects that could be available. But this makes a lot of sense. When you talked about those names, DJ, all those names that you read off, uh, there was no one that kind of, like, got me going, got me excited, like, yeah, let's go see this guy rush the passer. Uh, so if the Bears took that approach where they kind of weighed what normally goes in the second round versus what they could have in Montez Sweat, it's very a, a sensible deal on their end. And a, a second-round pick is, is nice, and you want that guy to be a starter, but it's no guarantees. Uh, they were willing to swap that to get a guy who's going to be a starter for them and hopefully a good starter for them given the compensation they gave up for him. Yeah, Ryan Poles taking his swings did not work out well uh, last year when he made the trade for Chase Claypool. That experiment's already come to an end. Pittsburgh ends up getting a high second-round pick. Worked out great for the Steelers. Hopefully this one works out a little bit better. I think Montez Sweat much more proven than Chase Claypool was at that time. All right, one more move here uh, we'll get to, and that is Chase Young. He gets traded from the Washington Commanders to the San Francisco 49ers, which shouldn't be a surprise if you've been listening to us. We've been talking about... The 49ers making a move. They had cap space. You had the history of what they've done at the deadline, including last year uh, with a big move for Christian McCaffrey, how that paid off. You have the arms race that we've discussed with them in the Philadelphia Eagles. And you're coming off some losses. It was kind of a perfect storm. And on top of that, you've got extra draft picks, uh, including some uh, an extra third-round pick because 
Um, you have Rand Carthon who gets hired as the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. So they're going to get a comp pick for that one. And D'Amico Ryan's got hired as well. Um, so they have extra picks. It was a third round pick for Chase Young, which uh, for somebody who's having his best year of his career, he's been injured uh, a bunch and he's been a little bit underwhelming, but he's healthy this year. He's in a contract year. He's highly motivated. And now he is reunited with his college teammate, the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, with Bosa. So Nick Bosa, Chase Young, uh, Armstead, Hargrave, that is, uh, you know, that's quite the defensive front that they have there with John Lynch pulling the trigger on this move to bring in Chase Young. So I, I like that one, uh, a big one. And Washington is sellers, the big sellers. They sell off both edge rushers, Montez Sweat. Uh, and Chase Young, and uh, it looks like they are looking towards the future. They've already paid both defensive tackles, so they, uh, they're they going to have to play some young ends, going to have to draft some young ends uh, next year. But interesting, interesting move. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, uh, we're going to look at the NFC and the teams that are vying for that final seed, that seventh seed, and see if we can't find a winner in that bunch. We'll do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's take a look at the uh, the playoff field here in the NFC and looking at the teams competing for that seventh spot. Look, we're, look, eight games, that's a good chunk that we can look at here. If the season ended today, it would be the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, obviously just lost Kirk Cousins there, Buck. But then this next group of teams, you've got the Saints, the Bucks, the Rams, the Commanders, and the Packers. And the Packers generously making this board as a 2-5 and five team. Uh, so when you look at these teams, mm-hmm. the Commanders – 
as we've discussed, they've already they've already sold. The Giants mm-hmm. have sold uh, Leonard Williams. They've had quarterback health issues. So if we're saying the Commanders and the Giants maybe not trending in the right direction to chase this down, I guess of the teams, if we were to say Vikings, the Kirk Cousins list Vikings, the Saints, the Bucks, the Rams, those to me feel like the teams in the mix. Is there one mm-hmm. that you prefer and you feel confident about? Uh, I would go with the Saints in that scenario. And what you're looking for is a combination of a couple of things we always talk about, DJ. You're looking for a quarterback and you're looking for a defense that can rush the passer. And so the Saints would give me the best combination of both. Derek Carr is a mid to mid-high level quarterback, I would say, like a friend's top 10 quarterback. I think that you can win with him. Offensively, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and those guys, I think you must enough points to be competitive in most games. But defensively, that's where they really can, can make their hay. You think about Cam Jordan, uh, Honey Badger, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, they have four veteran players that are blue chip players that can make it happen. So in this race, when you talk about those teams racing for the seventh seed, the Saints, to me, are better positioned than any of those because they have veteran defense that knows how to make plays when plays are needed. And then they have a quarterback that should be able to get this offense over the line. Yeah, I actually think it comes down to the Saints and the Bucks. So you, you hit on the Saints, yeah. I'll hit on the Bucks. Like The Bucks are in a little bit of a skid right now. But as you kind of look at the schedule and how it unfolds, I think they've got a chance to kind of get back on track here. And while I don't necessarily love the quarterback situation there, it's it's okay. It's you know there's a lot worse out there in the league right now, and they do have some veterans on the defensive side of the ball. We'll see what happens uh, as we're recording this at the trade deadline. They haven't sold off any of their pieces, so hopefully uh, <laughs> that doesn't screw me over and they end up selling. Uh, but at this point in time, I think they have enough offensive firepower. They're going to stay in this thing. I, I I like the I like the Rams in terms of you know some of the way they've played, the way they're coached. But Stafford's health worries me uh, going off into the future here, and I just don't know if they have enough pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they're fun to watch on offense. I just don't know if they're good enough there. And you add into that buck the division that they're in. Um, you know that's a it's a yeah. tough one there. So to me, those feel like the two. And let's wait and see what the Vikings uh, look like with a new quarterback. Obviously, don't want to rule them out. I thought with Kirk Cousins, they're clearly the class of this group of teams. Yeah, they're clearly the class. And I won't discount or dismiss their chances of being able to do it. I'm a big believer in Brian Flores and what he's able to do with this defense. This defense, man, they wear you out with that cover zero uh, pressure scheme that he's been utilizing. They, they've given good teams problems. And so more pressure on them to probably generate more turnovers, keep the score down as they're trying to figure out what to do offensively. I wouldn't dismiss their chances, but it'd be interesting to see what do they do at quarterback? Can they pry somebody, anybody away from a a team that is willing to to give up a quarterback? I don't know, but if they have a quarterback, just a decent quarterback, I think you can lock this team in as a seven seed in the NFC. Um, When I get back to the Bucs here real quick, here's their group of games they've got coming up. Uh, they are at Houston. That's a winnable game. Uh, Tennessee at home, winnable game. Uh, now you look at it, at the Niners. That's a rough one. But then back after that, at the Colts, Carolina, Atlanta, Green Bay. I mean, there's there's a lot of winnables on here for Tampa. They've got to get mm-hmm. right here. This next month, November's big for them. They've got to get back on track. Having lost three games in a row, a couple of them very close to Atlanta and Buffalo. But uh, I, I like the Bucks to stay in this thing. I think it's going to come down to those two teams. I think it's the Saints and the Bucks. Uh, in that fight for that seventh seed. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll keep an eye on this uh, as we go through the rest of the year. 
All right, let's uh, let's get to the rookies. Can we do the rookies? I don't I don't want to spend too much time mm. talking about last week. It was not great for the both of us. Holy smokes! Gibbs three points for Rhett. Addison three points for Rhett. Laporta three points for Rhett. He crushed us. He got the top guy at every single Ooh. position. Buck, you end up getting two points with Bijan and JSN. Uh, I got a big fat one. Uh, Dalton Kincaid got me one point as the second performing tight end. Uh, if you look at where we are for the season, we're tied, Buck, 33 apiece, and Rhett has closed the gap. He's at 29. Um, so he's uh, he's breathing down our neck, but we've got we've got to bounce back this week. I, I like our chances. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, first of all, before I start us off with the first pick of those rookies, uh, the performances you saw from Rhett, those three pointers, any of them stand out to you? <laughs> the Detroit Lions rookies being able to do it. You know, we we talked yeah. uh, uh, about the rookies and the rookie impact scores. We always talk about that on the podcast. These guys have been phenomenal. Sam Sam LaPorta and Jameer Gibbs being able to make contributions right away. Uh, this Lions team has done a really good job the last two years putting back-to-back rookie classes that have been able to make um, contributions right away. But these two guys, offensively, I don't know if anybody thought that they would come like this. People thought... Jameer Gibbs will make an impact. But Sam Laporte being able to make plays, stretch the, the defense as a, a, a vertical stretch playmaker down the middle of the field, he has been better than advertised. Man, this Lions team is kind of creeping into title contention status because of their young players playing really, really well from day one. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, going back through some of my notes on him, gosh, he ran 4-3-6 coming out. Uh, I had uh, Fast. him in the backfield in the slot, jet sweeps, burst. He's a slasher. Um, not really a move-the-pile runner. He's got natural hands, excellent in the screen game, big-time uh, FBI, so football intelligence and pass pro. Um, and I you know, I was kind of going back through and, and looking at him and who he reminded me of coming out, and I had a little bit of kind of that little bit of Jamal Charles vibe to him, uh, even a little mm-hmm. bit of Chris Johnson. Like just when he gets out in the open field, he's got a different gear. Now, not quite the, uh, the home run speed uh, that Chris Johnson had, but he can go uh, big-time, big-time dude. Uh, all right, I've got the first pick today, Buck. This is rebound week. I've got to get back. I've got to get right. And I'm looking at the buys here, and I'm seeing with Jameer Gibbs having a buy, um, I'm going to go Bijan with the first pick. I'm going to see if I can get uh, get a point here, three, uh, three for first place, right, one for second. So I'm going to go Bijan Robinson with the first pick. You're up next. Oh, man, that's tough. Like The bye week's factoring in, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, what? who, who can I lean on? Who can I depend on? <laughs> Um, my guy, my guys are, are, are done. Let me see DJ. Cause I don't have it right in front of me. Let's see if I can take uh, is Seattle up this week. Can I take Zach Charbonnet? Can I try no, to get some points yeah. for me? Yeah. So let's go with Zach Charbonnet, go Charbonnet? My running back of choice for the week. Yeah. I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet. See if you can Okay, cool. And for plan, for, for planning purposes, uh, we're going to uh, let Drew is going to get in my ear and tell me who Rhett has on his board, but just so you know, Buck, the buys this week, we've got Denver, Detroit, San Francisco, Jacksonville, as you know, Jacksonville. So uh, you've got Charbonnet, and uh, it, Drew's got in my ear and said that uh, he's going to go C.J. Stroud for Rhett. So he's going to take the first quarterback off the board, and then he's got what? another one here. What are we going? Jordan Addison? Oh, oh so, so, we, so, so we're, we're back to quarterbacks. We're doing quarterbacks this week? We're, we're, we're back to quarterbacks. We're back, we're back to quarterbacks right. and then yeah. pass catchers. So we're combining the wide receivers and the tight ends. So hey, well, you, okay. dude, you've got options right. here. You got you got a lot of places you can go. Yeah. You're up next, Buck. Yeah. Oh, I'm up next. So so he took CJ Stroud and who else? He did a snake draft. Who's the other guy? Jordan Addison. Yeah, Jordan Addison, the wideout. Oh wow, CJ Stroud, Jordan Addison. Okay, so now the guy in me, after seeing Will Levis throw four touchdowns, would be like, 
Let's go, Will. I feel like the football guys won't reward me, though, based on some of my pre-draft commentary. However, I'm going to kind of shake a stick at that, <laughs> and I'm going to say, Will Levis, let's go. Let's see if Will Levis can go and give me some points this week for the Tennessee Titans. Okay. All right. I like it. I'm going to double check and see who uh, who my guy is playing here on this next one. Um I got a lot of love from Panthers fans, by the way, is uh, picking them to win last week. There was not a lot of people on that Panthers bandwagon. I believe, <laughs> Buck, uh, they got their first one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take uh, – I've got no choice, really. Taking Bryce taking Bryce Young uh, with my next pick. They are playing against the Colts. They're at home. So I've got uh, Bryce Young with that pick. Now I need a pass catcher. And, I mean, why, why go away from Puka when Puka's been this good to me? I'm going to stick with Puka Nakua. That mm. leaves you, Buck. You are mm, up. Mm, mm, mm. Well, that, that leaves me. Well, I really don't have a choice because, like, the way that I'm going, I can't take two Seahawks. I don't want to take JSN. I feel like I rolled a dice and won last week. Let's go with Zay Flowers and see if Zay Flowers can do something this week. Okay. Um, I like it. And then, um, gosh, hold on. I've, I think I'm hearing in my ear that I've got an interesting pick from Rhett here. He's got a running back that he still needs. He is going to go with... Imari DiMarcato from the Cardinals, who has 195 rushing yards this year. He's got a touchdown. Um, so I believe that's the first time, right? First uh, first edition for him yeah, on time. the uh, on the draft. Yeah. So DiMarcato. Welcome. Rhett's not Welcome. here, and he's swinging for the fences. I don't know. Uh, Drew might have gone rogue on that one. I don't know if – Drew, are you are you? I, it kind of seems like that. that we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if Rhett – uh, had any influence on that. Okay. We'll text him live and be like, hey, man, you sure you want the Cardinals running back? You know. Yeah. Yeah, he went for it. Of course, uh, Drew has said that on the list that Rhett sent in with his stack, with his order of players to draft, that uh, he had a couple guys that were on buys. So Rhett not doing his homework. It's too bad. It's too bad, Buck. Uh, he might have lost an opportunity for some points there. Um, all right, that's uh, that's going to do it for the rookie draft. Again, we'll tabulate these next week, and we'll update the standings and see if Rhett can completely uh, close the gap here. He's within striking distance for sure. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Fun one. Uh, did miss having uh, Rhett here, but his spirit was here. His spirit was with us. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Again, five days a week, we're here for you right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.